to be paid. That everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. That everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Blessed be the Lord our God, holy, great, and mighty art you, my Lord. We look to you, Lord. We bless thee, O God. We worship thy holy name. We thank you, God, for this day, life and strength and good health. Heaven's many, many blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right. God's Word this morning. It's good to be in His house. And we want to uh, worship Him here this morning in spirit and in truth. I'm going to turn your attention to the Gospel account from Luke. Luke chapter 16, God's Word this morning. Luke chapter 16 and the very last verse. This is Luke 16 and 31. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Job's writing phrase, chapter 38, about the sweet influences. I'd like to minister this morning on influenced and persuaded by the Word of God. You may be seated. This uh, particular passage of Scripture from Luke should strike a deep chord minds, for we have an individual that is, we're allowed to get a glimpse, and believe me, that's about as much as you want as a glimpse into that place called hell. We, uh, through the years, from time to time, God has done certain things to bring a, a witness and to give a glimpse. We had a minister's wife at a big camp meeting and she was sitting right up in the front and all of a sudden she jumped up and screamed and ran all the way to the back of the building and fell on her face and began to pray and when after a while they prayed with her of course 
also uh, had a vision. He was praying. He was known for prayer. And in his prayer, he, uh, God gave him a vision, gave him a little glimpse, gave him some very vivid insights into that place of torment and pain and no escape. And he said it was so horrible that he asked God to shut it off, to stop it. And he couldn't take any more. He almost had a nervous breakdown from that experience. The, uh, the place is real, and it's a place that you should greatly get away from. This individual, unfortunately, had rejected all forms of influence and persuasion. He had looked down upon his nose upon the church and the work of God, and he only saw it in the most extreme light. He compared it to his lifestyle and the things that in this world seemed so important to him. And he felt like that the church then was not something to be desired. He could not see beyond the outward to the inner sanctum of God's power and glory and what all God's power could do for an individual's heart and mind and spirit. He just couldn't glimpse that. He couldn't realize that. He couldn't acknowledge that. And so when it came his time, he died. And he found himself in that place called hell no doubt that he had been warned about, but wouldn't listen to. And there, no, no way to get out. And he began to express a lot of things that he felt like, if I only had another chance, I would do these things. But realizing and being told that you can't come from where you're at to where we're at, neither can we come to where you're at. And so then he began to plead and ask for somebody to go back because I've got family and tell them not to come to this place of torment. Put uh, some kind of influence there. Send Lazarus back. And uh, he, he lived for God and didn't matter what he had to do without. He, he lived for God. And I ignored him. And I didn't let his witness or his testimony influence me in the, in the way it should have. It was a sweet influence, and instead I was bitter. I was just the opposite. I was bitter. You know, the spirit of the enemy, he puts bitterness in people's hearts. And uh, one place spoke about, lest anyone be defiled by that bitterness, a root of bitterness. And it is important to get that root taken out of you. And the Word of God is designed to instruct you in righteousness, and it is designed to have a sweet influence in your life. The Word of God is never going to influence anybody in the wrong direction. Jesus made it crystal clear that he was going to provide, and he was actually going to purchase by the cross in the blood. He was going to purchase the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he, that was going to be made a provision. 
You give your life on the cross. You, you lay that life down. You be that body of sacrifice. You come in, in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. And in so doing, then there's going to be a gift that is promised that you follow through. No wonder he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Denying the flesh and inviting and acknowledging the will of the Spirit that was in him to the fullness. And don't think that there wasn't a tug of war, just as you will go through a tug of war. The flesh and the Spirit are contrary one to another. And the flesh wants to do fleshly things, mind fleshly and earthly things. But the Spirit of the Lord would beckon you to be persuaded and be influenced. And those words overlap. An influence, a, a persuasion, a convincing of you to go in the spiritual direction, to mind the things of the Spirit, to get your mind on the things that are spiritual and to get your mind off of the things that are carnal and natural and that can only bring us to one horrible final destination. Better that we would listen to that which is designed to influence us in the spiritual direction that would convince us and persuade us, a power that would persuade us to do the the right thing, the righteous thing, the spiritual thing. And this individual in hell said, send Lazarus back. And uh, they'll, they'll surely be influenced by that. They'll be persuaded of that. They'll be convinced of that. And the answer had come back, said, well, if they're not going to believe Moses and the prophets, they're not going to believe that good word of God and everything that has been laid out for them, said, then they will not be persuaded though one rose from the dead. God has provided everything that you and I and everybody else has need of. And he realizes that if the scriptures are not, if you're not going to be influenced to do the right thing and be convinced and persuaded by the scriptures, then God realizes that there's nothing else, nothing else that will do it. He has provided the best. He has made the way for every man, woman, boy, and girl, everybody from everywhere, to come to the knowledge of the truth, to find the message. There is a power that can affect a person. An effect or a change can be brought upon them. It can persuade uh, each individual here. The Bible said after that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The Holy Ghost can persuade you. The Holy Ghost can influence you. First and foremost, though, we've got to be brought to a place to where we will desire the gift of the Holy Ghost, to where we will be persuaded of the necessity of receiving the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus said it this way to a man that comes to him and tells him, we know, we have, we're acknowledging, we're realizing, we're recognizing that you are not just some ordinary. You are not even one of the old prophets that has risen up. Uh, you're not John the baptizer either. But you are, you are one that has come from the Spirit. 
and not just with a, uh, a type of power and anointing that we have seen hitherto. But this is something a step above. This is beyond anything in all of our history that we could know anything about and that our generations before us have told us about and that the prophets have told us about and that Moses told us about. And matter of fact, Moses told us that there was one like you that was coming. And we're getting to the place, some of us, that we're convinced and persuaded there is a power here that's working that is, is convincing us that you are the very Christ. You're not a forerunner. You're not one of them that was to signal the coming of, of you. But you are that one. And it was foretold about this grace that would come. And lo, here we are. And they foretold about it, and they didn't get it. But now we have. The wonder Jesus said, many righteous have desired to see what you see and to experience what you're experiencing and to have the opportunity to be influenced by this sweet influence, by this type of pleasing sensation here something that would draw on something good that's in you, that there is something eternal in every human being, something that has been set in you that is after the image and the likeness of the Spirit and, and the connection that begins to take place. And so it was said of him, Jesus said to this individual, he said, uh, you must be born again. And of course, the natural mind, very confused about that. But Jesus went further to tell him, you must be born again off water and of the Spirit, or you cannot see or enter into my kingdom. And the time has come for you to repent and believe the gospel of the kingdom. Time for you to get your will in subjection to my will. Let me influence you here. Let me you come and follow me if you want to see where I hang out at. Come and see how I live and see where I go and see what I do. You come and let, let this influence you. Let this persuade you. Let this bring you in the right direction. Let me deliver you from sin and darkness. Let a great light begin to spring up in your heart and get rid of all the darkness. Let there be a dissolving of doubt in your heart and your mind. And let faith come forth here. Let there be a strong belief in the things that I will give to you. And let me bring you to a place to where you can begin to repent of your sins and where we'll baptize you in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And he himself being an example to them, he was baptized. And coming straightway up out of the water, the heavens were opened over him. The Spirit descended upon him and showing you that you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, and that there is no other plan, God-given plan of salvation, and that you should not be influenced by words and fair speeches that deceive the minds and the hearts of the simple, but that you should be avail yourself to the Word of God and to be influenced by His Word. Let His Word be the uh, overcoming power in your mind. Let it be that power that will begin to convince you of the right thing, the righteous thing, the thing that can bring you to heaven 
and can deliver you from that place called hell. Can put you in a place where the writer Revelation talked about that place under the altar where you could rest and where until God was ready in the finishing touches of His plan that you would be in that safe place, that protected place. You want to be under the sweet influences of God. It talked about even the, the, how that, that would bind, that the Word of God could be bound to your heart and that it could you could stick to it like glue. You could cleave to the Word of God, to the message of God and the teachings of the Lord. That, that kind of influence could pull you out of drugs and cause you to step away if you please voluntarily that you would begin to, to take steps and go in the right direction. There were people in Moses' time, Numbers chapter 18, I believe it is. No, 16. 16, beginning with verse 1. And you read about how that Moses uh, was confronted by people. And there were people that had an insight here. They were being trained up. They were being raised up. But an evil spirit got a hold of them. And they got very proud and they got very bitter and they got very lifted up. And they begin to rail against Moses. And they begin to speak things. And, and Moses went and talked to God about it. And God told Moses exactly what to do. And when he spoke to these individuals and then he looked at the rest of the congregation, he said, you better get away from them. Get away from them. Let the Spirit of the Lord that's been used here and shown to you influence you to step away from the wrong. Step away from the rebellious. Step away from the bitter of heart. Step away from the unbelief and those that are lifting up their selves in the congregation of the Lord. Get away from them. Let this influence, a sweet influence. You know, the influence of the Word of God doesn't teach you to fight against the spiritual things. It doesn't teach you to be proud and boastful. It does not teach you to lift yourself up. It does not teach you in the sinful ways and the sinful manner of society and the way that the world does it and the natural ways of things does not teach you to do that. It teaches you humility. It teaches you to submit yourself and to be in subjection. It teaches you when it comes time for you to be lifted up, it'll be the Spirit of the Lord that does that. And that'll only come after you humble yourself. It teaches you that there's a season where God will visit and bring to you in that due season that which you have need of in waiting on the Lord. Be influenced by a spirit that will put a sweetness in you and will give you the right mood and the right personality and the right attitude. It's not going to be hatred, not going to be quarreling, not going to be fighting, not going to be that which comes against the presence and the church of the living God, not at all. No, my friend, we want to get and locate the sweet influence, the right influence, that which helps me to be my best self, that which helps me to rise above the flesh and the natural way of doing things. Everybody said praise the Lord. We want to persuade you being a means to convince somebody decisively our case not of a truth but of the truth we want to try to help you to come to a place to where we can persuade you 
to leave hell alone and to travel towards heaven. Get off the road that it's described in your Bible as being broad and wide, and it leads to destruction, eternal destruction. Better for you to be persuaded to get on the straight and the narrow path that leads to life everlasting, that leads to a place where there'll be no sin or sickness or sorrow or suffering or death. Much better to be with Jesus, to be influenced that here, if I'll lose my life, eternally I can save my life. That if I can invest everything that I have here in my mind, in my heart, if I can invest that in the Lord, that it's going to pay off with great future dividends that we've often had a fun time saying the benefits are out of this world. And that is literally true in what your Bible teaches. If we can somehow persuade you and convince you in a decisive manner to where you won't halt between two decisions, where you will not have the, uh, even a grain of doubt, but that you will move on in a faithful manner and that as they got away from those in Moses' time and those that were rebellious and rose up and were proud and bitter and influenced by the spirit that made them ugly and nasty and hateful and fighting. And then the spirit of the Lord came in a judgmental way and began to move and those that rose up, they were swallowed up and they were dropped right down into a horrible pit and, and then it, it closed up on them and they, that was the end of them. Those that had gathered unto Moses that day were very happy people that they didn't get visited by the judgment of the Lord but that they had been influenced to move closer to leadership, to move closer to the work of God, to move closer to the spiritual things that the Bible teaches. What a great day that was. Many of them wiping their brow and saying, wow, am I glad I stepped over the line and got on the right side of the line. Am I glad there's going to come a day, you know, sometimes God allows time to go by and people think that they're getting away with it. People think that it's... it's uh, God's not paying attention to it. But somewhere down the road, I tell you that it will come uh, to bear. It will come down upon them, unfortunately. And nobody's happy about that, really. But when you watch a spirit rise up and try to, deter, to destroy people and to come against the church and come against the work, then there has to be that kind of move of God sometimes that is going to separate and cut and call people out and away from the true church of the living God and the congregation in its truth. You want to sidle yourself over to Jesus' side. You want to come and stand with him, two men on a cross on either side of Jesus Christ, and one of them begin to rail at Jesus and begin to tell him and spit in his face, as it were, and say, if you were who you said you were, you'd get us down out of this terrible mess we're in right now. But the other man said, don't you see? We deserve what we're getting. We deserve it. We did wrong. You might as well cough it up. We've done it wrong. But he said, hey, Lord, I said, I'll tell you what. Would you remember me? Would you remember me, Lord, in that day? And the Lord said, I'm going to remember you. You're going to be with me in paradise this day. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So much better to get on the Lord's side. The benefits and the rewards and the good effect that it has upon you. Amen. And upon your future. You want to be persuaded. You want to be persuaded. You want that influential person, if you please, in your life. 
You don't want somebody coming in there that's going to get you to run with the wrong crowd, go in the wrong direction, and get you involved. You don't want your, your children, your sons or your daughters hanging around with the wrong people. You don't want them picking up the wrong habits and the wrong words and the wrong ideas about things. Teaching right downstairs every Sunday, teaching these young girls and these young men how to live for God and how to get away from the wrong kind of influences and not to do those things. You don't want your children in there. They're going to come from different places. They're in school all week long. They're going to come from different places, and they're in jobs maybe. They're around people, and they're going to hear things. And people are going to tell them, it's all right to do that. It's okay to do that. But that's not what you want for your child. That's not what you want for your son or your daughter. You want the sweet influence of the Spirit of the Lord to get a hold of them. You want the church that Jesus gave birth to and that has continued on from Acts chapter 2 to right this present second. You want the body of Christ to get a hold of your sons and your daughters and influence them to get away from the criminal side of life to get away from the disobedient side of life, to get away from those that are involving themselves in every wrong thing. And someday, unfortunately, it will catch up with them. And they will wind up not only on this earth in the wrong place, but in the world to come in the wrong place. Far better for you to lead them by your example that you are being influenced, that you recognize the power of the Holy Ghost that's working in your life and that is convincing you and persuading you and in it is the chief influence in your life that when you're faced with the wrong thing that you will feel the influence of God's Spirit and God's power. You will feel that as it pulls you in the right direction. And everybody said amen. You want that kind of influence. You, you want to hear the Word of God. In that moment, everybody said hallelujah. You want to hear that word of God, and it has such a strong influence and brings about such a persuasion. One place said that certain people were told that this persuasion is not of God. How about the one that is of God? That's what we want to identify. And you know what? If you learn to identify that persuasion, that is of God, that is convincing you of the truth, then you will also learn then that which is not of God and that which would persuade you in the wrong direction to do the wrong thing. You are far, you've got to, what did it tell us in the Bible about a strong meat belonging to them that are of full age, who have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil to get your spiritual senses exercised. Uh, somebody was doing a little work the other day and they hadn't done that kind of work in a long time and they were telling me how much their uh, muscles were hurting. And I said, well, that's because you haven't used those particular muscles in that manner in a long time. Well, I can tell you it's not going to hurt you to exercise your spiritual senses. Not going to hurt you at all, but it is going to cause that flesh to, to give you a message because that flesh isn't going to like it. That flesh doesn't want to be put into subjection. That flesh does not want to be 
crucified, but your spiritual senses are going to make alive and alert your spiritual frame and your spiritual person, your inner person, the one that's going to give account and to God and the one that's going to reside somewhere eternally, whether it's going to be heaven or whether it's going to be hell, is going to be determined on what persuades and convinces you if, uh, as to whether you're going to obey God's truth or whether you're going to become a servant to the devil and follow the dragon and his ugly attitude and go in the directions that he would have you to go in. And believe me, all of his past will eventually show you that they go downward. They do not go upward. There's nothing from above, from heaven, that Satan can bring you. Only Jesus Christ can bring you that. Only his church can bring you that kind of knowledge and that kind of insight. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a big hand. Amen and amen. And amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to ask God to help you here. Now, when you get the kind of persuasion that you need from the Holy Ghost, first of all, Jesus made that available, didn't he? He made it. Now, sometimes people ask about the, the thief on the cross who repented. And they, they say, well, all he did was, you know, just repent. But you must remember that he died under the law. He was not in the dispensation of grace. He had not yet entered into the church age. He died on the cross. He died under the law. And the law was in effect until that day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. There was a transitionary period going on, from, if you please, from John the baptizer through Jesus and right on up to Acts chapter 2. But the finality of it, the one ending and the other beginning, actually would be Acts chapter 2, when for the first time, for whosoever will, the Holy Ghost was poured out for whosoever will. That everybody from everywhere would have the opportunity to have the gift of the Holy Ghost and to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Thus being born again of water and the Spirit. Thus having the New Testament salvation. For that is the plan of salvation. For us to repent, for us to be baptized in Jesus' name, and for us to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. These are the words that need to persuade your heart because these are the words of God and these are the ones that Jesus brought. This is what the apostles brought. This is what is known as us continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and that was given from the original church and straight on down through these many generations to right here and now and will be brought to everybody to the day that Jesus takes the church out of here. Once the church is gone out of here, by way of the first resurrection, commonly referred to by people as the rapture, then there will be no more opportunity. That will be the end of it right then and right there. So now, while we do what the Bible said, be influenced by the Scripture that tells you to seek you the Lord while He may be found, call upon Him now. Don't tarry, don't wait, don't put it off, don't procrastinate. You know, you can put something off until it gets put off. And you better make up your mind that I'm not going to wait another Sunday. I'm not going to wait another week, another month, another year. I'm going to get influenced by the Word of God now. The influence of God's Word will lead me in the right direction, in the right path, 
It will bring me to Jesus the Christ. It will bring me to salvation. It will bring me to the message that He gave His life on the cross for, that I might be a part of His church and one day spend all of eternity with Him. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Now the, the writer said, and I like the church and how it operates, and uh, it is written in the 18th chapter of the book of Acts about the preacher. It said, this man persuadeth people to worship God. And that's what we, the church wants to do. We want to persuade you. We want to be that divine influence, the Holy Ghost working through the church. We become that divine influence that will persuade you to worship God in spirit and in truth. Not just any old way that you want to do it, but according to the Word of God. What a great thing to have said of you as an individual that you're out there persuading people to live for God, to worship God, to go to heaven. These are good things. Uh, the Bible said in Acts 19 that... Uh, they persuaded them concerning the things of Jesus Christ. If I could persuade you about Jesus Christ, if I could persuade you about the things of chapter and verse, somehow, if I could convince you, if somehow our whole thing here, the church, the work of God, everything we're trying to do in the overall program could somehow convince you to leave the path of darkness, and come to the path of life. To even come to the place to where you can be translated from darkness to the kingdom of light. There are so many precious promises in God's word. It is written in Acts 26, for an example, that, um, <laughs> that things were almost, one writer said, one, it was said of one individual who was, uh, again, being witnessed to, being trying to persuade and to convince the individual. And he cried out and he said, Almost thou persuadest me. Almost thou persuadest me. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. Well, I have read in the book of Hebrews where it said very plainly that we are persuaded. What a difference. Almost as opposed to we are. That you've made that step like those in Moses' time and you went across the line to Moses' side. You got away from that side of darkness and that side of rebellion and that side of flesh and carnality, and you crossed over to that side of faithfulness and, and got away from bitterness and, and doubt and fear and unbelief and hatred and quarreling. You got away from all. There was an influence coming from the church, if you please, and from the presence of the Lord and the word of the Lord and all the good things of God that you're not just almost persuaded or as this verse went on to say but in answer it said that would that you were all together all together such as I am the preacher said not that you were just almost but that you were all together all together that there would be no lacking no coming short that you'd give your, your heart to this wholly and completely and that's where the writer said, we are persuaded. Well, Acts, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it described great men and women of God as it went down uh, about uh, Abel. And then it, it talked about uh, the fellow that got translated Enoch. 
and then there was uh, Noah. And you go on to Sarah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and many others, and it tells you that they were persuaded of the promises of God. Not only were they persuaded, but they embraced them. They embraced them. You want to wrap your arms around the Word of God and the presence of the Lord and the things that are so influential and can be so influential in your life. They will influence you to, a, to, a, to getting a, a pleasing and proper and glorious experience in your life. They will influence you in a manner that when you come in here and you're dragging all the different things and the, and the, and the, the particulate matter of pollution of this world that gets in your mind and your heart, you come into this church house, you're going to leave out differently. You're going to feel differently. It's going to be a good difference. It's going to make you happy. It's going to lift your mind up above the gutter and the gutterous things of this world. Uh, one uh, woman was in a particular situation and, and uh, uh, a family member who did not have this truth but claimed so much religion and she began to, uh, to rail about a certain situation in the family and she just used every vile word and this mother had two little children and she, she just exclaimed and she, she said, don't talk like that, don't talk like that. And, and she said, what, your kids have never heard any bad words? And the mother said, no, no, they haven't. And, and, and from little and they're little, we're raising them correctly. We don't have those kind of words. We don't use those kind of words. You say, well, you think you're somebody special. As a matter of fact, I do. I'm a son of God. I wasn't always a son of God, but now I'm a son of God. And I'm glad that I've been delivered from a foul mouth, that out of my mouth comes no filthy communication because of a good influence in my life. Amen. I'm glad that at each and every juncture to where I have to make a choice, even sometimes an unconscious choice, that, uh, that there's an influence there, a Holy Ghost influence, a Holy Spirit influence. I've told you before, people claim to have a spirit, and they're right, they do. The problem is their spirit's just not holy. It's an unholy spirit. You want to make a differentiation there. You want to get over on the right side here. You want to get on the spiritual side and the holy side and be serving the holy God, where, he, where your, your heart, it said you're to, uh, Jesus said we're going to clean the inside of the cup first. So we're going to get the inside cleaned up. And after that, then it will manifest a cleanliness on the outside. If I get through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I get that sanctification in my life. And that's what being baptized in Jesus' name and filling you with the Holy Ghost does for you. It's not some separate thing down the road. The Holy Ghost sanctifies you. He cleans you up. He gets all the dirt and the filth out and the pollution and all of that particulate matter. He gets in that cup and He cleans everything real good. And then, then will come the change on the platter or the outside. That will come in time because of the influence in your life. And that influence will stop you from going in the wrong direction. It will stop you and deliver you from saying the wrong words and doing the wrong things. And should you slip and should you stumble and should you make a mistake, after that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you are baptized in Jesus' name, then you have an advocate, the Bible teaches, and that you can confess your sins unto him. 
him, you can confess your sins unto. In other words, you learn to repent and overcome every day. Whether you think you did it wrong or you think you didn't do it wrong, you're going to repent every day. Wash me afresh and anew in thy blood. Absolutely clean me up again. Get it all straight. I want to keep it right. I want to keep in shape spiritually here. And, the, and, and he is faithful, the Bible said. Aren't you glad he's faithful? Well, that's remember, he's to influence you to be faithful. He wants you to be faithful to the Word of God, whether you, uh, the preacher's looking at you or not. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Oh, I tell you about the, the individual one time that uh, wanted an installer to come to the house and installed the dish, triple X, and said, put it where the preacher can't see it. Quote, unquote. See, because the thing was, the guy that installed it, he knew people in our church. And so he went and told him. He said, she told me to put it where the preacher can't see it. It is a little amusing seeing as that God sees everything. But see, if you're not yielding yourself to that good godly influence then you're going to get calloused and you're going to get a, a darkness in your heart that old cloud is going to come over that old Satan and he brings that darkness that prince and power of the air in this world and he's going to blind your mind your eyes of your understanding and you're, going to, you're not going to be thinking God sees that God knew the thought of my heart before I even uttered it, God knew the thought of my heart. You know, you're not dealing with religion here. We're dealing with a power, the power of the Holy Ghost. And that power of the Holy Ghost wants to come into your heart and wants to show you that I will lead and guide you into all truth. Okay? I want to be there with you 24-7, 365 and a quarter. I want to be with you right through leap year. We won't even miss the extra day. Going to be there right with you. You better be glad God's not going to let His Spirit take a day off in your life because that just might be the day where you're headed for a particular problem because the enemy would know that that's a day off. You don't want a day off. You want continually the praise to be in your lips. You want repentance to be in your life every day. You want to be influenced in a sweet manner to say it right, to think it right, to do it right. Train me, teach me, help me here, Lord. No, we're not perfect. You know that people always want to say that kind of criticism. We're not perfect. God is. And we are striving to be complete or perfect in Him. That's what. It's an overall plan. We have not an excuse, though, either. We can't say, well, I'm, I'm going to do all this junk because I'm not perfect. Well, you see, again, God knows your heart. God knows what's motivating you. And you want to be, I'm telling you, influenced by the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord through the church and the chapter and the verse and the Word of God, as it is written in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 8. And it starts off by saying, as it is written. And then I want to jump right to where he said, for I am persuaded. There's an influence here that is persuading me and convincing me. He said, I am persuaded that neither death, here goes your excuses, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. You mean there's angels that might try to persuade me? Oh yeah, they're called fallen angels. They kept not their first estate. They walked out on God. They went over on the wrong side, if you please. 
They listened to the wrong one, and they, they left their estate. They left their place in God and everything that God had planned for them, and they have fallen. And God, Jesus Christ said in the days of his earthly ministry, he said, I beheld Satan fall from heaven as lightning. And then the writer said, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth, for Satan hath come down to you knowing that he hath but a short time. And don't think he's not trying to influence, and he's not trying to convince, and he wants you to go in wrong directions and do wrong things, get with wrong people. He wants you to fall into the mud of sin. He wants you to be lost and follow him right to that place called hell. But there's a greater influence, for it is written, greater is he that is within us, the Holy Ghost, than he that is within the world. So Paul speaking, as inspired by that greater spirit, that greater power, that greater light and greater glory, he said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, no fear of the future. He said, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is an influence. There is an influence that is so sweet it will just get the ugly out of your life it will cast out every evil spirit and will bring to you the light of life will bring to you the hope that is eternal and will give to you right now the opportunity right here and right now the opportunity to make heaven your home if you want to be persuaded then the word of God is here to influence and to persuade you concerning the truth of the scripture. When Daniel was stuck, then the angel came and said, I, the messenger, the special messenger came and said, I have come to show thee the truth of the scripture. Not just generic scripture, not just take what you like. And you know, we've often told people that the Bible said that Judas went and hanged himself another place it said go thou do likewise I don't think we want to put those two scriptures together we want the truth of the scripture we want the meshing of the scripture we want it rightly divided so that when you turn the dial properly according to the combination that the Holy Ghost gives then the safe will open and all the good that's been invested in it will be open to you. Every precious secret from before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, I'm going to open my mouth in dark sayings. And I'm going to speak in parables. And I'm going to give to you things that have been hidden from the foundation of the world. This world does not possess the power to properly give to you the truth of the scriptures. But the church has been entrusted with that. It's been put in trust. The truth has been put in trust to the church. It is ours. It belongs to us. And how great a privilege that is. Let the right influence begin to convince you and persuade you in the steps that you take, in the direction that you go, the things that you involve yourself with. Ask God 
to help you this very morning. Shall we stand together? Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. and Let us love the Lord together. Could you begin to call upon Him? And I praise and love you, Jesus, and I worship you. I need your holy, divine influence. And I want that sweet influence. I want to bind it to my heart. Chain it to my heart, Lord. Oh, God, I pray that it would hear to me and not let me go. I need your truth. I need your message. I want to do the right thing, God. I need your holy, holy presence, Lord. The great word of the Lord. The great unction of heaven. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Let's worship Him. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. 